0: So glad that you're here. We've been in this series called Wise Up. Um, in, a, in a world of knowledge and information, we need some wisdom. And so that's what we've been looking at. If you've missed any of it, I encourage you to go online, one of our digital platforms, download the app, and you can catch all of it there. And we're going to continue. And today, I think maybe uh, one of the most important, I'm ending with this because I think if you'll get this one, then it will help you gain wisdom for the rest of your life. So if you're a note taker, you should write this down. If you're not, you should become one today and write this down if you're with me say amen. amen amen let's start with the verse we've been looking at every week it's this one that wisdom is what everybody shout it supreme. come on say it again supreme. it's a little weak but we'll go with it <laughs> wisdom is supreme therefore get wisdom though it cost all you have get understanding wisdom is supreme solomon the wisest man to ever live wrote the book of proverbs and he's saying to us that wisdom is the greatest thing you can get while solomon had more money um, than you can ever imagine he had relationships he had wealth he had um, accumulation of stuff he had assets resources all those things he said the supreme thing that i found in all that is that you get Wisdom—that wisdom is more important than any of those other things. How many of you know that if you get wisdom, it'll help you in your resource, help you in your relationships, help you in your career and decision making, and everything that you need. Wisdom is supreme. And so, the thing I want to talk to you today is in 26 of the 31 chapters of Proverbs. I hope some of you have taken the challenge to read a chapter a day. Um, you just whatever day it is of the week, uh, you just opened up to that chapter that day, and in 30 days you'll read through the entire thing. Um, Or 31, actually, but you can double up on a day that there's not 31 days in the month. Are you with me? You're smart people. Um, So, But uh, uh, 26 of the 31 chapters this topic is talked about. 10 of the chapters, it's the starting point. It's what it starts with. And I think this is the one thing that if you'll get it and it'll become a part of your life, and I'm not saying it'll be easy, but if it becomes a part of your life, I think it's the one thing that will help you gain wisdom for the rest of your life. And that is this, it's learning to be, you ready? You're on the edge of your seat, every location, in the prison, online, you're just waiting. (laughs) Dramatic pause for effect. It's this, is that you would learn to be teachable. So you'd learn to be teachable. Here's what the Bible says about it. It says the wise are glad to be instructed but babbling fools fall flat on their faces the wise are glad not not they'll take it if they have to they're almost hungry for it like please please give me some instruction you know please I, please i just want one more message no no really preach fifteen more minutes these are the wise people in the house now please don't stop when your clock says just keep going The wise are glad, (laughs) you are very quiet on that. The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. In other words, to have wisdom, you've got to be teachable. And not just teachable like, oh, if I have to sit and listen to this, then I'll listen to it. But there's something in the wise people that are like, no, I'm hungry for it. No, I want more of it. No, and I and I don't think this is our default setting. I don't think that, that we wake up on the, the day, whatever day it is. I don't think we get up and go, I'm just hoping someone will correct me today. <laughs> like it'd really make my day if it would really make my day if a coworker would come over and let me know in what ways that I'm annoying and don't know that I'm annoying. That would be awesome. And I would just love to hear that. Like I think I would receive that. I don't think that's how we wake up. I don't think any guy woke up this morning and be like, man, I really hope my wife will give me a list of things I could work on in my personal life, like how I handle laundry, how I handle the, you know, just, if they could just give me a list of that, that, that's like what I really want to spend my Sunday doing is working through those things internally and reflecting on how I could, are y'all with me? Like, I just don't think that's what we happen, but the Bible says if you're going to be wise that there has to be something on the inside of you that is glad to get instruction, that, that is glad, that, that wants to receive teaching, that wants to receive, yes, even correction, that, that, that is, there's something that goes, I, I need this in my life because I want to get better. How many of you know you're not going to get better if you don't have some instruction? And, and one of the saddest things to me is whenever people don't want instruction because you stop growing at the level that you stop winning instruction and I just think when you're done growing you're done when you're done growing when you're done advancing when you're done expanding your thinking getting greater understanding gaining wisdom when you're done doing that when you're kinda like ah, I don't really wanna grow anymore you're just kinda done and, and I've seen it I've seen people they're they're stuck at age 35 although they're 55 hello because they just they quit growing they quit instructing, and, and I think there's kind of three categories of, um, uh, you know, it's kind of strong language, babbling fools, um, but I think there's kind of three categories, and if we're all honest, at some point in our life, we've all grown thrown into these categories. We don't want to be in them, but we've, we've all gone in them, and maybe not in the room. I mean, you're, you're the people that actually, you came to church on Memorial Day weekend, so obviously you love Jesus. You were already praying for a few, two hours this morning. You'd been fasting, and we're like, now I want to go to church and receive the word, you know, I know that's who you are in the room, but I'm just saying people that aren't here, they may fall into one of these three categories, number one, the know-it-all. You're, you're like, you, you aren't, but maybe you know someone that is, if they're visiting with you, don't elbow them. If it's your spouse and you'd like to have a great day off tomorrow, just look at me. The scripture says this in Proverbs, says, those who trust their own insight are foolish. But anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Uh, Proverbs says it in chapter 1, I think like this, says, In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Where there's wisdom, there's safety. But if you trust in your own insight, you're foolish. In other words, what the scripture is trying to tell us is none of us knows everything about everything. It just says, doesn't mean you're ignorant. It just means you don't know everything about everything because you can't know everything about everything. And so you got to have a posture in your heart that goes, I don't know it all, and because I don't know it all, then I need to gain instruction. I need to be glad when I get instruction. And I'm not just saying instruction from anybody, obviously instruction from the right people, right? Um, I've said for years, you don't listen to your critics, you listen to your coaches. Your critics are people that just want to tell you what's wrong with you because they just want to poke at you. Your coaches are the people that love you and want you to get better. Can I tell you something? this is this is why you need to be in a small group you need to be around people that love you and want you to get better they want you to grow they want you to advance they want you to get better in your life but the know-it-all says no I've got it figured out I don't need to know anything we've all encountered this person and I would say if we're honest we've all been this person at some point in our life where we're like no I know it all I don't need to know anything else you don't want to be that person number two person that resists wisdom is the been there done that person been there done that got the t-shirt right and they want to make sure that you know they've been there and done that. Like, and this is what Proverbs says. Solomon wrote, fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. In other words, they don't have any desire to listen to you. They just want to air their own opinion. Matter of fact, um, they're waiting for you to stop talking so they can start talking. And they haven't listened to anything you said while you were trying to offer any wisdom. They were just waiting. They, they, they were just counting the moments, calculating what they were going to say. I know you don't know these people. We, we've had them being counseled though here at the church. Like. So they're, they're just wait, they're, they're waiting for you to stop to take a breath because they haven't been hearing anything you said. They haven't received any wisdom from what you've said. They've just been calculating what they want to say. So the moment you take a breath, the moment you breathe in, they're gonna, they're gonna have been there, done that. Got the t-shirt. I already know. I've been there. Yeah, I've done that. Yeah, I've done that, right? Sometimes I tell Tammy, I'm like, I don't know why we do premarital counseling here. Because they all been there done that. Even though they haven't been married. They all know. She's like, well, you gotta do it. I'm like, well we do, we do it. We do it. And we do it a year later. When there's finally some humility to listen that they haven't been there and haven't done that. Hello, somebody. You can either learn by wisdom or learn by pain. The choice is yours. You're going to end up learning along the way. Number three is the one-upper. The one-upper. Here's what the Bible says about this. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Fools think their own way is right. Oh, you want to give me wisdom? Oh, yeah, well, I got something else. I got my way. Are you following me? I got my way. See, you don't want to be this, right? You don't want to be this. You don't want to be foolish, why? Because they fall flat on their face. Listen to me, you don't want to be foolish in your relationships. You want them to succeed. You don't want to be foolish in the leadership or stewardship of the organization maybe that God's put you over. You you don't, you don't want to fall flat on your face in that. You don't want to fall flat on your face in your finance. You don't want to fall flat on your face in your marriage. You don't want to fall flat on your face in your parenting. Hello, somebody. You don't want to fall flat in all these areas of your life where we need wisdom, where I need wisdom, where I ask for wisdom, you don't want to fall flat on your face. You don't want to be a fool. So you don't want to be a know-it-all. You don't want to been there, done that. You don't, And we all can jump into those categories at times. So what is it that we want to have? What we want to have is this. We want to have a teachable spirit. A teachable spirit. I want to point out that I didn't say we want to have a lot of knowledge. We want to have a listening ear. We want to have a teachable spirit because here's the deal. A teachable spirit has a posture about it. It has a posture about it that says, I'm, I'm willing to learn and I can learn from anywhere. Um, I say it like this, you can eat the meat and spit out the bones. Now if you don't know what that means, you, we grew up in Tennessee and it had to do with eating fish, right? Because when you eat fish, you could get some bones in there, you don't eat the bones if you don't know that. You want to spit out the bones, right? In other words, I can learn from anywhere. I can can learn from a 20-something, even though I have, you know, a couple years of life on them. But there may be something that they can teach me, so I'm not going to shut off my ears to everybody because I can learn something from all kinds of different, and there may be some wisdom that God wants to give me in the middle of that. Are you following me? And so I want to have a teachable spirit. I want to have a posture that goes, I don't know it all. I haven't been there and done it all, so I need to learn some more. I don't know everything there is to know about parenting, so I need to learn some... I don't know everything there is to be about good, being a good friend, so I need to learn that. I don't know. I haven't learned it all. haven't arrived, so I want to have a teachable spirit. Solomon said this. He said, let the wise... So I'm already wise. Let those who are wise, catch this, listen to these proverbs and become even wiser. And let those with understanding receive guidance. So what Solomon is saying, he's, he's saying, you never arrive. You never reach some pinnacle, some moment where you figured it all out. Well, I'm I'm retired now, so I know it all. I find the older I get, the less I think I know. He says, but if you're wise, then you still need to get wiser. And if you have understanding, then you still need to receive guidance. So we should be in this lifelong journey of growing, of getting better of getting wiser, of getting more understanding, of looking to people in our life to go, where can I find some wisdom in this life and gaining and drawing? What did he say? He said, wisdom is supreme, though it costs you everything. Gain understanding. You can have all the knowledge in the world. You can have all the academic pursuit in the world, which I am all for and continually doing in my life, but not have any wisdom. Because knowledge is horizontal, but wisdom is divine. It is vertical. It comes from God. Matter of fact, the Hebrew word for wisdom means skill for living. It's divine skill for living. And I don't know about you, but I have too many responsibilities in my life to not live this life without wisdom that comes from above. I need divine skill for living in all the areas of my life. And so what does a teachable spirit look like? If you're with me, say amen. Amen. I want to give you three things a teachable spirit looks like, so write these down. Number one is humble. A teachable spirit is humble. It takes humility. The Bible says that with humility comes wisdom. Pride leads to disgrace, and I think you know that to be true. But with humility comes wisdom. Another wisdom is, is best received in a heart that is postured in humility in humility pride the Bible says that God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble the word resist in the original language whenever it says God resists the proud the picture is a stiff arm like the Heisman Trophy Are y'all with me that is the picture that that God himself puts the stiff arm out are you with me I was in the pool with the kids yesterday and they're like always want to wrestle always wanna jump on my neck, always wanna give me back problems. It's part of, come on somebody, always wanna do this. And they're like, wrestle me, wrestle me. So I throw him, I throw him, and I treat him like, I treat Owen like a man, like I don't let up on him. So I hold him down, then I put my foot on him under the water <laughs> until I feel like he's flailing so much that he needs up. But usually he fights his way out because there's something inside of you that doesn't wanna die. God, God wired you that way, right? And it won't be this way for long, but I, I, can, I can do this, and his arms can't reach me. I know this won't last forever. This is the idea that God stiff-arms you when you're prideful, that he puts his hand on your head, and no matter how much, you can't reach. God stiff-arms the pride. It says he gives grace to the humble. He draws in the humble. So if you're going to have a teachable heart, you're going to have to have a humble heart. And humility cuts at the core of one of our major issues and it's pride 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 says i don't i don't i don't want to ask anybody for help i can figure it out myself pride says i don't want to admit that i don't know the answer to this but pride will ultimately lead you to disgrace and god resists but he gives grace he draws in whenever you go god i don't know when you go to someone else, what, guess what? God's grace comes in when you go to someone else and goes, can you help me with this? Right? But it, it requires humility. But with a humble heart comes wisdom. Number two, a teachable spirit has a desire to grow. There, there's got to be something in you that desires to move forward, that desires to have some growth in your life. I, I, think it's, I think it's one of the saddest things is if you get to a place where you're like, I don't want to grow anymore. I don't, I don't want to move forward anymore. Solomon said this. He said, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I think one of the reasons that we lose a desire to grow is because growth can be painful. Here's, here's one of the saddest. I think it's meant as a compliment, but I think it's really sad when it's said. Is whenever you don't see anybody for a few years and they go, well, you haven't changed a bit. That would put me in Depression. That means since the last time you saw me that there was no growth in my life, that there's not something about me that's better, that's different, that has gone to another level, that, that has increased in any area of my life. But I think one of the reasons we lose a desire to grow is because whenever iron sharpens iron, it's painful. We were, we were on vacation a couple of summers ago, um, and every night we got into watching this show, Forged in Fire. I think it's on Discovery, and it's where they make blades, and they make knives, and, and these custom knives. They make all these really cool knives, but, but we watched it every night, and, and they start out by putting metal in the fire. And sometimes if you're going to grow in this life, it starts with you getting in the fire. And then they would take a hammer on the anvil and they would beat this metal to death. And then they would sharpen the blade up till it was a nice, really sharp blade. As iron sharpens iron. As as an iron hammer hits down on the iron of the metal that has been heated, so a friend sharpens another one. The idea here is that if you're going to continue to grow, it's going to cause some friction. And we so want comfort and we so want ease and we so want everything to go our way that whenever friction comes in, we run from it. And we all of a sudden think, well, they're not a friend because they're causing friction in my life. No, they may be the very best friend that you have. Because what they're saying is there's more in you than what you're currently living up to. I see greater potential in you, and I refuse to allow you to live below who you can be in God. And so iron sharpens iron. This is why you need to be in a small group. Because it'll sharpen you. It'll sharpen you. You know, iron can't sharpen iron unless it gets close. That's why so many of us want to live as a distance. don't want you to know the real me. don't want you to see the real me, because if you see the real me, you may cause something greater out of me, and that may cause some friction in my life. I don't want that sharpening. No, oh, God wants you to be sharpened. you got to have a desire to grow, though. can't give you a desire to grow. can't make you grow. Here's the deal for some of you. Your blade has become dull. It's why you're no longer able to cut through the issues in life anymore. You've lost your sharpness. A dull blade is only good for butter. And cutting vegetables, which that's useless too. You need a sharp knife to cut steak. The only thing worth eating. God bless all the vegans. My supply has increased because of your sacrifice. And we honor you on this day. you got to have a desire to grow, though. Number three. <laughs> Y'all shouldn't clap at that. It wasn't even spiritual. <laughs> Number three. A teachable heart will embrace correction. Will embrace correction. Proverbs says, to learn... Listen to this, you must love discipline. Wow. If you're going to learn, you've got to love discipline. And this is the Bible, this isn't me. It is stupid to hate correction. The Bible says, Solomon goes, listen to me, let me put it out for you plain. It's stupid to hate correction. I don't think any of us wake up in the day going, man, I just love discipline. But if you're going to learn You've got to be willing to embrace correction. Listen to me. Correction is not condemnation. Condemnation comes from the enemy. Condemnation wants to push you away from God and point out all of your weaknesses. Correction from God wants to draw you closer and call you higher. So listen to me again. Condemnation wants to push you away and push you lower. That's from the enemy, not from God. Correction wants to draw you close and push you higher. God's trying to do something to make you better, make you into what he wants you to be. Correction requires your pride to go down, though. The Bible says that God chastens those whom he loves. The word chasten there has the idea that he corrects those that he loves. Why? Because he sees better for you. He wants better for you. If you're a parent, you know this. You correct your children. Why? Because one day they will be out of your house and you want better for them. You know that if you don't correct that thing in their life, that they probably won't be able to keep a job. And you're afraid they'll move back in with you. (laughs) So there's some other motives going on there, but overall, you want the best for them, right? So you correct things. You correct attitudes. You correct... Actions, you, you, you do these correcting measures in their life. Why? Because you want that correction to stick to develop wisdom in them because you love them and you want the best for them. Are you following me? And so God corrects those that he loves. When God stops correcting me, I get concerned. Are you with me? It usually means that my head has become so hard I've stopped listening to it. And I have to realign and go, God, give me a soft heart to hear your correction. I I tell our staff, if I stop correcting you, be nervous, because that probably means I'm done with you. Not done with you as a person. I'm done with you on my team. Because if you can't grow in correction, you can't go with us. Are you with me? So when I'm done correcting you, it means that the correction is no longer having value in you, which means my voice is no longer valuable in your life, which means we can't go the distance together. So correction is a gift. We don't always see it that way, but correction is a gift. Why? Because it's making you better. It's drawing more wisdom out of you. But like iron sharpening iron, it will cause friction. And if you want comfort then you won't have growth. But if you're willing to experience a little discomfort, then you can have growth in your life. But you gotta be willing to embrace correction. A teachable heart embraces correction. If you're with me, say amen. 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 The Bible says this, it says, people who despise advice are asking for trouble. And those who respect, who respect a command will succeed. The instruction of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. I love that, it's like a life-giving fountain. Let me just say, if you're one that's offering, you know, instruction, if you, if, don't do this, if you're, but if you're thinking like, that's right, I'm going to the office tomorrow. Gather around, have some correction to offer. <laughs> Heard a message yesterday. Wanna be value to your life, starting with you. If, if you were like making a list, thinking I'm gonna get in the car and be like, honey, wanna go over a few things, wanna apply the word today. Want to, want to use the word of God in our marriage? The Bible says that, that the instruction of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. In other words, if you are one that's offering correction, that it should feel like a life-giving fountain to the person that's receiving it. It's not meant to condemn people. It's not meant to point your finger and know that, that truth in love. That there should be something about it when they get the correction that they go, I needed that. Doesn't mean it'll be that, that was easy, that was awesome, but it will be like, I needed that. When that professor sat down with me my sophomore year of college and said, you have a very charismatic personality, I believe God's gonna use you in a great way, but you're extremely arrogant. And that'll stop you from God doing everything he wants to do in your life. That didn't feel great. And it took me a few days, but it was a life-giving fountain. I think it saved me a whole lot of heartache. Are you following me? Because someone cared enough to go, this area of your life could cause you to trip up. I want to give you some wisdom. I want to offer you some instruction. It should be, it was a life-giving fountain. Those who accept it, so you have a choice whether or not you accept it, they avoid the snares of death. You have a choice whether or not you go, all right, you're in a place of authority in my life and I know you love the Lord. Are you following me? So I'm gonna receive the correction you give me. You have a choice whether or not you reject it or receive it. And I can just tell you over and over again, when we've sat down with people, and Tammy and I have sat down with people and said, listen to us, we really believe that this is not the next step, the best step for you. And we're trying to offer you some godly counsel and they reject it it's not ended well. I'm not saying because we put some voodoo over them. I'm just saying we saw the bigger picture they couldn't see. How many of you know you can't see everything there is to see from your perspective? And that's why you need some people that have been down the road a little bit further than you to offer you some wisdom. So how do I get it? How do I get this kind of wisdom? Let me give you these three last things, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. You with me? We good? Number one is this. You ask for it. It's it not rocket science. Ask for it. Ask for it. The scripture says this. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. I love that. He is a generous God. And he will give it to you. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and He will give it to you. This is some, some wisdom from James. Ask God, ask for it. If you want to be a person of wisdom, then just simply ask for it. Ask for it. When, when we started the church, I was, I just turned 29. I was barely 29. And I never wanted to be a senior pastor. That wasn't on my goal list. Um, I wanted to be like an associate or an executive pastor or like I wanted to be the number two guy. I know that seems kind of weird. My goal in life is to be the number two guy. I didn't want to preach every week because I didn't think I had the gift to preach. That was my drawback. I was like, I don't don't think I can preach, so I don't want to be the preacher every week. I want to be the number two guy. And my dad was a senior pastor um, of more smaller kind of rural churches. And I saw how mean church people could be to him. And I thought, I don't want to be that. I want to be the number two guy, and I will take out all the mean people. (laughs) I don't care if people like me or not. So I was like, that's going to be my job. And then this all ended up happening. Um, But I I was like, I don't know that I'm that guy, and I don't know that I can lead, and I don't know if I, all that kind of stuff. I had a lot of, I don't know. I had a lot of things I didn't think I had to bring to the table. Um, But I knew this verse. And every day... And I can't say I do it every day, but almost every day. This is one of those prayers I pray. God, your word says, this is how I pray, God, your word says that if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and he will give it. And so today I'm asking for wisdom and here's what I ask for. Wisdom that is beyond my years and beyond my experience. I need godly wisdom that is beyond my years, because I'm not that old, and beyond my experience. I need divine wisdom. Let me tell you, God isn't a respecter of person. You get up every day and go, God, I need wisdom that is beyond my years and beyond my experience. And you know what will happen? You'll walk in wisdom. You'll walk in wisdom. You just have to ask for it. You just have to ask for it. You know another great place to ask for it is godly people in your life. You don't get godly wisdom in ungodly places. Hello. You need some godly people in your life. Just again, why you need to sign up for a small group next week. Why? You get around some people because you need some wisdom. Because what? We don't know it all. We haven't all been there and done that, right? So we need some godly wisdom. So you simply ask for it. And God says, if you ask for it, I'll make sure that you get it. Number two is accept responsibility. This is a big one. I'm going to show you this in this verse. But the wisdom that is from above, so godly wisdom is, first of all, it's pure It's peace loving. It's gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. Listen, willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and it's always sincere. I want to show you this. It is willing to yield to others. So, in this thing of gaining wisdom, of godly wisdom, wisdom from above, your will is involved in that. You have a will. You have a choice. God doesn't, God doesn't like open up your brain and pour wisdom in. I used to pray for this in language class in middle school. God, could you open my brain and just pour language in? And guess what? Like Taking a nap during language class, didn't, it didn't work. Like The prayer didn't cancel out the nap. I had to actually list. Come on, somebody. Don't act like you haven't prayed that. Like, God, I know I didn't study for this test. Just please help me on this test tomorrow. God doesn't answer those prayers. I found out. At least for me, he didn't. God doesn't just open up your brain and pour wisdom in, no. There is a part of your will, your will that has to be engaged. In other words, you have to accept personal responsibility for having wisdom in your life. You have to accept personal responsibility. It's not, well, if they had told me, well, if so-and-so had a... No, you you can't point the fingers everywhere else in your life. Well, my parents should have. Well, my teacher, my professor should have. No, well, my boss should... No, you've got to take personal responsibility to go, all right... I I am in charge of whatever it may be, or I'm responsible for whatever that may be, so I'm going to take the personal responsibility. I can't can't point at everybody else when it comes to my parenting. They're my kids. They're my responsibility. Investing in them the right things of God is up to me, and so I've got to take personal responsibility, so that means I've got to go ask for it from wise people. I think about it like this. I have a wisdom portfolio. I keep a wisdom portfolio. Here's what I mean by that: is I know people in my life that have done the parenting thing really well. Their kids are out of the house. They're married. They're responsible. They love God. They, serve, they love the house of God. They serve God. That's who I go to for parenting. I have some people in my life that have been very successful financially. They've been generous to the house of God. They've done it right with integrity. They know their investments, although... That's who I go to when I need financial wisdom. Are you following me? There's some people in my life that have done the marriage thing well. They're 40, 50 years married, and they are in love with each other, and they're having the time of their life. That's my, I have a diversified portfolio. Are you following me? Of wisdom. And when I need wisdom in a certain area, then I tap into that because not everybody knows everything about everything. But there are some people that are really excelling in certain areas. And you should find those people in your life and tap into their wisdom. Are you following me? You need to diversify your portfolio of wisdom. So I'm trying to sell you. But it's your will and the fruit you produce is a personal responsibility. You can't just like, well, if God wants me to know it, God will know. It's kind of like that language, I had to study what verbs are, nouns and pronouns and all those wonderful things. Are y'all following me? You had to put the work in, accept responsibility. Finally, is this, apply what you learn. Come on somebody, apply what you learn. I'm convinced that many people are educated well beyond their level of actual application. Let me say it like this. You have more knowledge than you have obedience. Wisdom doesn't work if you don't apply it. Listen to this. James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Listen, deceiving yourselves. Why would he say deceiving yourselves? What does that mean? Why is it when you hear the word only, you're deceiving yourself? Because of this. Because if you only hear the word and don't do it, then you're deceiving yourself into thinking you're wise and you're not. Here's why. I don't mean that it's condemning. Here's why. In the Hebrew culture, they didn't understand not belief apart from application and action. They were two sides of the same coin. So here's how a conversation would have went in a Hebrew culture, which this would have been written in. If they had come to you and said, do you believe God heals? Just take that for example. And you were to say, absolutely, I believe God heals. Their next question would be, who have you prayed for to be healed? And if you said no one, they would say, oh, you don't really believe it. I'm moving on. Because to them... Belief and action were two sides of the same coin. You didn't have one without the other. So you couldn't say you believed something if you didn't act on it. It didn't work that way. So James says don't be just hearers of the word, but be doers of it. Don't just hear the information, but act on it as well. Because if all you do is hear it, you're deceiving yourself thinking you actually believe it. But you don't. Because you're just a hearer. Because the two cannot be separated. So apply what you learn. When someone says to you, you need to make this adjustment in your marriage, then go make the adjustment. Because they're offering you wisdom. Don't go back and go, okay, I'll think about that. When you seek out some wisdom in your finances and someone says, well, begin with tithing, don't walk away and go, well, think about that. No, apply what they're trying to give you wisdom because if not, you'll walk away knowing what to do but not doing it and you've deceived yourself. And when you've deceived yourself, that's a hard hole to get out of. So ask for it. Find some people. Accept responsibility. Get a portfolio of wisdom. Who do I go to for what? Where do I find it? We start with God, but we also go to godly people. And then apply what you learn. Don't just be here today. Don't just be here. You hear it all the time. Go to growth track. You're just a hearer. Unless you go. Discover your purpose. Go make a difference. Get into a small group. Oh, I know it. But you know what? The benefits of small group will never become yours until you get in one. Apply what you learn. Because we live in a world of information, but we need some more wisdom. And I want you to be wise because there's wisdom, there's safety in it. There's blessing in it. There's power and wisdom. So as we close up this series, let me leave you with this scripture. Get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life don't want wisdom to just last a series for you, want it to be a lifestyle for you, so get all the advice and instruction you can, so you will be wise. Wisdom is supreme, though it costs you everything, get it. Here's the deal, the cost of wisdom is not monetary, it's pride, it's humility, but if it costs you everything, then go get it, because it'll create safety. But babbling fools, they do what? They fall flat on their face. I just declare over every one of you that you're not going to be living the life of a fool. You're going to live the life of wisdom. You're going to live the life of blessing. You're going to live the life of safety. That you're going to be a humble heart, teachable heart, asking for wisdom, being a hearer of the word, being a doer of the word also, and walking in the blessing of God because of it. Do you receive the word today? Come on, you receive it every campus? Come on, you're going to walk in wisdom. It's good. Hey, will you pray with me at every location? Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe the step, all of us have steps to take, God's speaking to all of us today. I believe for some of you, the step that you need to take is to surrender your life to Jesus, to have peace with God, to know that your sins have been forgiven. You know, the Bible tells us that we've all sinned. It's not a condemning statement. It's just the reality of humanity. We've all blown it. And it says that the wages of those sin or the payment or the penalty of that sin is separation from God, death, eternal separation from God. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life. And it comes through Jesus. It's a gift. It's a free gift. And you just receive it by faith. It says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead. You will be saved. and So today I want to give you the opportunity to, to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And today you can know for certain your sins are forgiven. You can know for certain that you have peace with God. So in just a moment, we're going to pray together across every location as a church out loud. And at every campus today, if you'd say, Pastor, that's me. I don't, I don't know that I have peace with God, but I want to know that. I know in my heart I'm far from God. I need to come back to God today. If that's you today, when I count to three, you just shoot your hand up. Nobody looking around wouldn't embarrass you for the world. But I just believe as you raise your hand, you're saying, I believe in my heart, as the scripture said, and then we're going to confess with our mouth together as we pray. And so if that's you on three at every campus, you shoot your hand in the air. One, two, three. You just shoot it up high. Shoot it up high. God bless you. God bless you. You can put it down. Church, let's pray this together out loud for the benefit of those praying for the very first time. Just say, Jesus. Forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. I make you my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for a brand new beginning. In Jesus' name. Everybody said a big amen. Come on, every location, let's celebrate those who made that decision. It's awesome.